0: Are you wondering where you're going to find the money for your next deal? Well, other people's money is a great place to start, but sometimes we feel uneasy and insecure. You know, why would they lend me money? I might, we discredit ourselves. Today I'm talking with April and she's going to unpack um, her experience as a private lender on the recipient side and giving the private loans. But more than that, we also dive into the importance of masterminds, of coaching, of how that will help impact your business. And then we even dive into identity and um, discussing who we were and who we are becoming and how that impacts our business for the best. I appreciate you joining us today. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. And as always, please share because this podcast is going to grow only by people sharing the podcast. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Ask Me How I Know. I am so grateful to have you here. And today I am joined by a really super fun guest. I've seen April all over social media and I've heard you, April, on other podcasts. And, you know, I mean, you know, that's just how you're like, yeah, I understand. I'm sure you're thinking that. And so, but our guests have not heard you here on Ask Me How I Know. And April Crosley is fantastic and exciting. And I'm just really grateful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. April, you have like this really dynamic background um between your past work, you know, and your real estate investing. You kind of have a lot going on. Um yeah. and I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Sure. So I um, I
1: started investing like in 2004 but didn't really start doing it, I would say seriously until I was probably like 35, which is I'm old now so that's probably
0: like <laughs> I just had a birthday and like I love
1: 44. it's great <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was eight eight years ago so eight years ago when I was, 35 I left my um, full-time career which I worked in healthcare so my degrees in biology so I tell people don't believe anything because I don't my my degree has nothing to do with real estate or business <laughs> or anything um I'm more a scientific mind but my degrees in biology I worked in healthcare and it and I just started I picked up a book and started like uh, flipping houses on the side like most people do as like a little side gig And then your little side gig starts to pay more than your little full-time gig. And you're like, wow, this isn't so bad. Like I could probably leave my full-time job. And in healthcare, things were just not going in a good direction. Like it was becoming real about business and not about the patient, not really why I got into it. So I was miserable going to work every day, just like there were days i would just cry on the way to work like i can't believe this is how I, you work like a dog and it's just crazy so um my husband was like you know if you put as much time and energy into learning more about real estate as you do into your healthcare career you could probably just like do this full time so if you're unhappy you should leave and at that time i don't want people to think i just kind of like jumped ship and was boom like working full time and it was fantastic in real estate it was Like a transition (laughs) of planning out, okay, I have to flip three to four houses a year to replace my income in healthcare. So I did that for three years in a row and then I left healthcare. So for me, it was like very methodical. I had it planned out. Um, And then since then, I've just kind of like I have two flip businesses. We've been growing both of those. I invest in small multifamily. I discovered private lending because once I left healthcare, Other people were coming to me being like, you know, you can roll over your old retirement accounts into a self-directed IRA and private lend. And I was like, that sounds illegal. Like the first time someone told me, (laughs) this whole self-directed IRA thing sounds illegal. Like what kind of shady world am I getting into? And um, found out it's perfectly legal and people do it all the time. So I rolled over my old retirement accounts and started private lending. And when we started in real estate, like when we flipped our first house just like on the side, we did it with a private lender. Like we partnered up with someone who had money because we didn't have money. And then I just started like meeting more people and utilizing private lenders. So we've we've only, I think, one time we put money down on an apartment building. And the whole the rest of the whole 12 years and building our whole portfolio was nothing but funded by private money. So now I'm like super passionate about teaching people how to be, be private money lenders and raising private money and everything that has to do with private money. Because I literally, I had nothing when I started in real estate. Like I was a teenage mom. I was very like in debt to come to like, you know, flash forward. Now I'm 43, about to be 43. And I'm traveling around the United States with my husband, in our RV, like we sold our house and we're like seeing all these beautiful things. And it's been like a crazy journey. And if I didn't know about private money, it never would have started, you know, because I would have just been like, well, I don't have the money to buy real estate. And people definitely shouldn't let them that stop them. So yeah, okay. that's kind of that's kind of the short version.
0: <laughs> oh well, I I have like 20 questions. I'm like, let's play a game of 20 questions, April. What do you far away? <laughs> <laughs> well this is really interesting because a lot of uh, you know everyone has to go through these identity shifts in life. And this is um This is a concept that I've been kind of unpacking is that, you know, we're just constantly doing our personal evolution, but sometimes we get stuck and we're like we identify as something from our past instead of identifying with where we're going in the future. And I'm I just want to lean into as a teenage mom who's in debt and struggling in that way, I how has how have you dealt with those identity shifts over the years?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And that's so interesting and fascinating to me that after this call, I'm probably gonna research more on identity shifts. That's that stuff really fascinates me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. Like I when I was a teenage mom, it's everyone told me kind of like that's where I would be stuck now, you know, and like my and I had my son, and my son would be a teenage father, and like that basically like good job, April. Now you created this vicious cycle. And like, this is what you're going to be. And I always had like my mom in my ear being like, you're really smart. Like I graduated like 10th in my high school class. Like, she's like, you have to go to college. You have to like, get a good job. Otherwise you're never going to be able to like, like support him and create a good life for him. And I always like, it's funny. Once you have kids, like your whole purpose for everything changes. You're just like, I want them to have a better life than what I had. So in my mind, I was like, I need to do whatever it takes to make him have a better life. But it's when you talk about going through transitions about where you're at and who you're going to become, it's very, for me was very lonely. It was very difficult. Like one minute I'm like sitting in a welfare office, applying for food stamps to going to college, but to go to college and have a son requires sacrifice. So that meant sleeping four hours a night. So when I was 20, 21, and my friends were like, let's go out, we're going to go out and do this and do that. That meant the loss of pretty much all of my friends, because I was like, I can do this, or I can sleep four hours so that I can actually get up, go to work, go to school, take care of my son. Do So you have to like have your priorities in order. So when I started working in healthcare, then I was like, wow, I'm making good money. But I didn't know how to manage money. No one taught me about money. And I was never a big spender. Okay. But I didn't understand the concept of growing wealth, having a house, anything like that. When I met my husband, he said to me, when we were dating, you have a really good job and you're renting a house, why don't you buy a house? And I was like, who does that? Like who buys houses? Why would I buy a house when I can just <laughs> when I can just rent a house from my landlord? And my husband's explaining to me, "Well, you're like paying off his mortgage and you could like create your own equity." And I was like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Like I was in healthcare, I didn't know what he was talking about. I never even knew how to balance my checkbook. So then just like reading books and learning all that kicked me into this phase of life of like, wow, I can grow wealth. But to do that, I need to sacrifice and put my head down and work really hard. But I had already come from that life, because that's how I had to be. I had my son a couple days before I turned 17. So that person is still with me to this day, which I don't It has its good and it has its bad. Like sometimes I find that I'm very, um, I can isolate myself. Like I don't need anybody. I can just keep my head down and work and build my own business. And I'm learning more and more. Like I have to get out there more and partner more and network more. And it's okay to work really hard. But you could partner up with the right people and not have to work as hard to scale your business faster. So it's taken me a long time to learn that. I think because I'm so used to just like working hard and being alone on the journey. Um, that now I'm learning it doesn't have to be that way. I don't know if that answered your question. Or
0: that's, <laughs> like, that's just so fascinating, though, April, to think you know. Because here's the thing: also, our identity. It's you're right. There's a little trail. I'm going to just call it the slug trail, right? Yeah. The biologist, and you might be able to tell me what that, that <laughs> like opalescent looking stuff that they leave behind us, but like, yeah. you know, I mean, kind of, that kind of trails with us a little bit. And so that makes so much sense that that part of who, you know, your past is it's double edged sword gave you the strength to, you know, rise right. up and be an amazing mom and go through college and everything. But yes. So then part of your growth pattern has been, looking at, okay, well now I have to play the sandbox with everybody and it's way better. We can build a bigger sandcastle. (laughs) Yes. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of where I guess I'm at. I've been over the past couple of years in my journey, because when I left healthcare and started flipping houses and buying rentals full-time, I was like, oh, I work for myself, but all I did was create another job for myself. And then Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was like, all I did was move from one job to another. So like I retired from healthcare, but all I did was retire into a full-time real estate job. This isn't the freedom everybody has been talking about. So I, it takes like brutally honest people in your life to give you kind of a reality check. So I actually sat down with an investor friend of mine and said, um, Hey, I'm thinking about like quitting real estate investing. Like, I'm just going to go be a secretary or like whatever I have to do. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. And everyone talks about freedom, but my life was way easier when I worked for someone else. And she was like, first of all, that's not you. Like, you're not going to make it because you'll be totally dissatisfied. And she's like, second, maybe you're just doing it wrong. Cause you're doing it all by yourself. And I was like, I don't understand <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> so she referred me to a coach who taught me like literally the first day I sat in coaching with them, they were like why don't you have a business partner? Like why aren't you partnering up with somebody that can help you? And I was like I don't know, like why would I do that? And they're like here are all the reasons you would do that and this is what it can do to your business. And it just clicked for me and the second I partnered up with someone, stuff just started to get
0: so much better. Yeah, that is powerful. Okay. Now we have to go there because I'm <sighs> a firm believer in coaches in having one kudos to you. Cause you have a good friend and yay. You actually reached out for help. Most of us have like these egos that are in us, whether we acknowledge it or not, that prevent yes. us from like showing the vulnerable sides. So, like, yes. You're amazing. But you know, then you go and you have a coach and how has that influenced your journey? It's been great. And people ask me like, what's your biggest regret
1: in real estate? And I always tell them my biggest regret is not always having a coach constantly. Like you Mm -hmm. should constantly have a coach or be in a mastermind program. And it's not saying you'll stay with that same coach and that same mastermind forever, because as you grow, your coach has to change. But that is definitely my biggest regret. Like looking back at my journey, I wish I would have been in masterminds and had coaches. Now I will not go without one. So every year I reevaluate like this is the mastermind I'm in or the coach that I'm with. Do I need to add another coach depending on where I see my journey going? Or do I need to shift to a different mastermind? And so at the end of every year, I make those changes, like consciously make those changes. But it changed my business significantly for the better, just being around people that they can see sometimes where you're going before you can even see it. Like they've been there. Like I know what you're going through. And and they can sometimes see your strengths where you can't see them. Like I was super focused on my flip business for a long time. And I still am focused on that. But I've had coaches say to me, okay, but you're really good at raising money and you're really good about teaching about private money. So like why aren't you focusing more there? And you know if you focus more there, here's how you can use it. And I know this cuz I've seen it or I've done it or someone I know has done it. And it's just it's tremendous. And you know as well as I know, entrepreneurship is a lonely world. It's a lonely world. So you need to be in groups with people that understand your mind and how it works as an entrepreneur and also like can understand your business. Yeah, it's it's just so important. I I could, I could say it over and over and over a million times and it wouldn't be enough. Get a coach and keep a coach like forever,
0: forever. There's a a big plug ever. Yes. Yeah. If you talk to
1: people who are like at the, I mean, I've met business owners that own huge, phenomenal businesses. And it's like, you've Mm -hmm. reached what I consider like the pinnacle of like you own thousands of units, or you own like this massive business, or you're, you have all these little businesses, and you're doing great, and you're making millions or billions. And they're like, yeah, so the other day, I was talking to my new coach, or I went to my new mastermind, they are all coached. (laughs) they're all in mastermind groups, all of them, no matter what level they're at. It's phenomenal. Yeah.
0: I'm completely with you. I, I took a little break, a little breather in a sense between, and, and I knew I'm like, I signed on for, with my coach for another year. And then I was like, I just can't, I can't, I have no capacity for this in Q1 and I don't have the extra time. And so I actually like for three months, didn't have a coach. We just started back up and I'm like, just day one, just bam, just like, Oh, this is exactly why you ha- like the power of a coach, everything that you're just saying. And like you can only go as far as where you have progressed as an individual yes. and to have somebody, you know, like you said, that sees you and sees the blueprint inside of you and can just extract it and help you see it. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. a game
1: changer, <laughs> total game changer. And it just revitalizes you to have someone like um, championing you like in your corner, like the mastermind I'm in now is kind of like family. And I tell them like, not Mm -hmm. everybody comes from a family that's like real supportive and like cheering them on. And like, I come from a family, like they don't even really understand what I do or know what I do. And it's not like, they don't like follow my stuff. They don't know I'm on YouTube. They don't know anything. So like this group is like, has become kind of like my family and it's people that, You want to talk about your business and what you're excited about. And you want to talk to other people about growing other businesses. And sometimes you can't find that within your family or like your small group of friends. So you need
0: an outlet for that. You need people that are pushing you and cheering you on. That's such an important facet because like you said, entrepreneurship is lonely. It's a lonely path. And sometimes we do have to just you know, dig in and do the nitty gritty work and everything. Mm -hmm. And that creates that loneliness and that, um, I've been dealing with disconnect and I'm very open. Like you said, at the beginning, like you're transparent, I'm a transparent with my audience. Also, like, you know, you can be so on the lonely path of entrepreneurship that you become disconnected with the people in your lives. But I am finding, and this by way of my coach is, having those pools of people, like you're talking about your mastermind group and you have to have your pots of like, oh, I, I feel seen and heard. And I see and hear you as well. (laughs) It's a mutual give and take. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. That is so, so powerful. Um, I know this is like going to be a complete 180 from really talking about like mindset and stuff but I love private lending. It's something that I want to start doing and participating in. Um and I there's so much power behind it. And I love that you're using, you know, self-directed funds or that's how you started in order to, you know, front load that. Can yeah. you explain that concept cuz I think there are a lot of people that don't realize they have it all at their fingertips. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's like a mindset
1: shift too, because like Mm -hmm. I have a good friend and he's, he runs a great flipping business, but he at first only used like his own funds and then hard money. And he'd be like, I don't like asking people for money. I'm like, well, that's (laughs) that's the problem right there. You're not asking people for money. You're helping people grow wealth. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's like, I'm a real estate investor and I need money and private lenders like have all the money and I should like bow down to them. And it's like, no, private lenders are looking for you as much as you are looking for them. So basically like, they're just everyday people. Like I can run through my list of private lenders in my head and think, okay, one's a pharmacist, one's a doctor, one owns her own like huge successful business, um, one is in an attorney. They all have like jobs or businesses that keep them very busy. Some of them are real estate investors that are like me, and they're like, okay, I can buy another rental property with this money, or. I can lend the money out to someone else who's going to do all the marketing, chase the deal, talk to the seller, deal with the tenant, deal with the building. And all I'm doing is giving the loan on it. Like I'm just giving the money for it. And- so I could take basically private lenders could take $50,000, stick it in a bank account and make less than half a percent, like probably less than a quarter percent now. And like maybe
0: lose money, right? Yeah, lose the banks are, of inflation and everything. Yeah, and they're not
1: paying anything. And that that's such a solid point. Like, with all the money printing now and inflation... Any person who has money will tell you, we do not want our money sitting in the bank. We don't want our money sitting in the bank. So there's more money looking for assets now more than ever. So you're helping private lenders. They don't want their money sitting in the bank they don't want to look for deals. Everyone's like, why wouldn't they just buy their own real estate? I'm like, cause they don't have time. Like they love what they do. My attorney, she loves what she does. Like the business owner, she loves what she does. The pharmacist loves what she does. Like, it's not like they're like, Oh, I want to be a real estate master. They have an interest in real estate, but they have an interest in growing wealth or they have an interest in tax write-offs like private oh, lenders yeah. who are lending into in apartment syndications for instance are getting really good tax write-offs for doing that I do that and the first time I invested in the syndication my account was like this is great like you're getting like a big write-off you're gonna have to pay way less in taxes it was amazing so they do it for different reasons but I'd hate for people to think like, I'm looking for private money, but private money is not looking for me. That's not true at all. Like if you're going to real estate investment meetups and connecting or connecting with other investors who have private lenders, private lenders are looking for real estate investors like now more than ever, for sure. Yeah. And we grew our whole portfolio that way. Like I never used my own money. I did one time because I had money sitting in the bank and I'm like, I'm going to put 25% down on an apartment building and get a loan with a bank, the traditional way. It was the most horrific process I've ever been through. (laughs) I'm like, when I close with private money, I can close in a week. When I'm trying to get a loan with a bank, it's taking me eight weeks to close on this building. This is insane. And the amount of paperwork was so overwhelming. I'm like, I don't know how people do this. So yeah, so private, we've used private money the entire like 12 years that we've been investing. And then we shifted to becoming private lenders because I had old retirement accounts that were sitting there. Not doing anything. And I didn't know that I could like lend them on real estate. And private lending has given me the freedom to still grow wealth and make the returns of real estate without having to be as active with it. A lot of times, real estate investors get caught up in oh, this person's flipping 50 houses a year. So I should flip 50 houses a year. This person has 100 units. So I should have 100 units. And I always tell people like, what makes you happy? Like, what do you love? Like I own some rentals, I do some flipping, and I do private lending. And I love all three. But the one that gives me the most freedom is private lending, hands down. I mean, it's the most passive way to make the returns of real estate. So when you talk about truly passively investing, that's not taking calls from tenants, running a marketing machine, flipping a house, it's Raising writing capital, it, writing a check <laughs> and having someone
0: pay you a great return. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is, it's interesting. Cause I've mentioned to people that, um, you know, in my real estate journey, I've done so many different things and I'm like, but ultimately my goal is I just want to be a note. I just want to hold notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I yeah. want to do. I'm like, I can picture myself as a, you know, old lady, just, I'll never yes. be sitting around, but I'm mean, like, you don't have to do anything. I mean, like, you have to do things, but I mean, like you said, okay, let me just, why are you that money, honey? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I tell people
1: the same thing. And I still, people will say like, oh, you have your, I still have my flip businesses and they're great. Don't get me wrong. But the, the main reason I have them is because they, are funding my private money bucket so I can do more private money lending. Cause it's just, it's great. And that's my goal too. I'm like, when I'm old, I'm not going to be out chasing deals and buying mm-hmm. apartment buildings. I just want to be sitting back writing checks or wiring money. That's like all
0: I want to be doing. <laughs> that's the extent of it. <laughs> and, and part of my, part of my reason is I, my grandpa, he was, uh, he was 91 and he was still training. People in the real estate world when he finally like retired at 91. Yeah. Wow. And it's a matter of he loved what he did. And I'm thinking, you know, I love real estate. I've been around it my entire life. I love real estate. But really, at some point, I probably, my energy level might actually yeah, be a little down. less than it is now. And maybe I want to slow down a little bit. So that's why I'm like, oh, note holding. Well, what are some elements? Uh, sometimes people think, oh, private lenders, they'll never want to lend to me, you know, they'll, they're just not going to want to lend me money. So what are some things, what would you say to that person? What are some of the hurdles that they might, you know, discredit them or credit them?
1: Yeah. So to give you an example, like when I started, I had no experience in real estate. I had no money like in my bank account, I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew was that I had a really good deal. I found a really good deal. And I didn't even find it. A wholesaler brought it to me and he was like, I have no money, so I can't do this deal. And I was like, well, I have no money either, but I'm going to do this deal. So if there's something standing in the way of you getting a private money loan, like lack of experience, lack of credit, lack of liquid funds, whatever you lack you're going to make up for in a good partnership, which is exactly what I did. So I just took that deal to a more experienced investor in my area and was like, Hey, I think I have this great deal. Do you want to team up on it? And he was like, sure, I've got the money. And like, he brought a private money lender to the table. So it wasn't even his money. He brought the private money lender in and we teamed up on the deal. And I put sweat, sweat equity in an exchange. So Whatever you think you're lacking, that's like a mental, that's a mental, like, I need to do this all on my own kind of mind shift that you need to make. And it's like now, like now we're trying to buy much larger stuff, like apartment buildings that are like $14 million. I'm not just going to be like, Hey, I can totally just put 25% down on my own and buy this building. Cause I can't like, I'd hate to break it you, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm like, this I interview need... is over. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Come on April. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to partner. So I need to be able to connect. And through my mastermind group, that's what I'm doing is like getting to know people that have either done these things already or are on track to doing these things as well, that we can team up together so we can bring together like our total net worth and the money we each have to put down so that we can buy bigger stuff like that. So the answer to all the not me, they won't lend to me is just partner,
0: partner, partner, partner. Yep. For sure. It's, it, it, I think partnership is so powerful also in just playing to each other's strengths and the freedom yes. to just say, I love this part of real estate more than that part over there. And yes. you love that part. This is great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's totally okay to be that way. Like for the longest time, I thought I had to be really good at picking out pink colors and and design and matching things. And then I just gave up on it after a while, because I'm like, I'm not going to get good at this. I just need to find someone that's good at it. So I hired a project manager to come in and pick out everything. But I think just like being female and, and flipping houses, everyone expects you to be like the next Joanna Gaines. And I'm like, have you seen the house? Have you seen the house I live in? Like my house was like, looked like, I don't know, like a bachelor pad or something like no decorations on the wall, no pillows. Like I couldn't decorate to save my life. So that's also like people just have to get over trying to be good at every aspect of real estate. Cause if you really focus on what you're strong at, that's also going to help you scale a lot faster. Just bringing in people that balance out what you're weak at.
0: And it helps them. It helps them as well. It's such a mutual, yes. mutually beneficial. Yes. Wow. Okay. I want to take this full cycle. Cause it's a, it's a fast session here. Um, I always <laughs> say these, the time goes by so fast, um, but a full cycle would be when you're looking at masterminds and let's just say that someone's listening and they're like, okay, right now, everybody is talking about masterminds. It's such a catchy, catchy phrase. They've been yes. around for a long time. People, they just are mainstream right now at the moment. It's like the next fad, yes. but they're not a fad and they're necessary and important. How do you find one? This is a question people have asked me. How do you find one and how do you vet it? That is a great question. So I think it first starts with people
1: knowing what do they need in their business? What is their biggest pain Mm. point? So for me, maybe giving like my real life example will help. So for me, when I sat down with my friend, she was like, you're working by yourself and you're never gonna be able to scale your flip business. So your problem is how do you scale your flip business? So here are, so I would just start Googling like masterminds for scaling your flip business. And she referred me to one and two others came up. And so what I did was I submitted like an inquiry on their website and then talked to someone who was running the mastermind or organizing the mastermind. And I honestly feel if you talk to them about what does their mastermind have to offer? How often do you meet? how much support do they give you? It's going to all be individual. Like how much support do you need? How often do you want to meet? What kind of topics do they cover? And is it relevant to what you're trying to do? Cause like the mastermind I was in, if you were trying to scale your rental portfolio, I would be like, don't join it. Like, but if you're looking to scale your flip business, go ahead and join it. And honestly, just by talking with people on the phone, like the first the one I joined, I talked to them, I was like, wow, their core values align with my core values. Like the guys that run it were like, listen, the people in the group get our personal cell phone number, our personal email, they can call and text anytime, like super helpful, hands-on, like that's what I needed. I needed someone that was there because I was like at such a low point and in so much pain in my business that i knew I was (laughs) going to need a lot of help. And then the other two people I talked to, it was just like, um, you're just part of this big, like hamster wheel and you're in it with everyone else. And it is what it is. And we'll see you four times a year. And if you have questions, that's when they get answered. And there's a group on Facebook, but like outside of that, it's like, you know, that's what it is, but we're so awesome. And here's why they, the two other people talked a lot about why they were so awesome, And the mastermind group I joined, they talked about why I was at the painful point I was at and how could they help me get out of that painful point. So they were Mm -hmm. like, April, what do you need? Why are you stuck? And here's, you tell me about you first and what sucks about your life right now. And I'm going (laughs) to tell you how I'm going to get you to the other side. The other two groups literally were just like salesmen that kept like pitching their group. And I was like, you're already not listening to me. So this Mm -hmm. isn't going to work. So I feel like you will know when what you're looking for and your core values align with the person on the other end of the phone, but you want to talk
0: to someone like in person that's running the mastermind for sure. That is incredible. So I, I run book clubs continually. It did not start out that way. I just, I invite accountability into my life. And sometimes I don't Google it and go and look for things. So I just like, Oh, I'm starting a book club. Just join me for this one book. Yeah. Now now it's a thing. <laughs> so we, we just we uh, we have two more weeks left with story brand by Don Miller. And that's the concept is, you know, you're the hero. Like you, you went to this mastermind group and you're like, what do you have to offer? And they made you the hero of the story. And they're like, okay, like, and we're going to guide you. We're going to help you. We're going to facilitate yeah. this. That's yeah. so, sorry. One of my little like, oh, no, it's okay. That's I love great. It. <laughs> That's so great. But, but this also goes to show like people need to be seen and heard. And if you're going to join a mastermind in order to grow and develop, then you have to feel I'm safe here. I'm secure here. I am seen. I am heard. And you can help me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> That is so cool. Okay. I, I'm going to say, I'm just going to throw it out there. Cause if I were listening to this episode and I happen to, I know, that I'm going to just, if everybody hears me, they don't always believe me <laughs> I'm kidding. from somebody else, you know, how much would you say expect if you want to grow, this is what you should expect to pay. If you want to be in a good mastermind. Yeah. We have a price range we want to throw out there. Yeah, sure. I
1: mean, I'm pretty honest. So I can just tell you the price ranges I've seen and what I've paid. Um, So I've seen some that are like $6,000 a year. I'm in one now that's $10,000 a year. Um, One I just left was $20,000 for the year, all the way up to I mean, it just keeps going up from there. So um, it honestly, I think it kind of depends. It's I tell people it's like the best investment you're going to make. So, I mean, I talk about this on my YouTube channel, just about like bucketing out your money. So like when you get paid, I have a certain amount of money, a percentage that goes into what I call like a financial freedom account. And I'm only allowed to reinvest that money. And then I have money that goes into an education account and I'm only allowed to spend that on education. So I'm like, You have to be setting money aside to spend on your education. So even if you're not ready now to spend like 6,000 or 10,000 or $20,000 a year, start setting aside money so that you can, because it's, it's going to change your life. Like it's worth it. And the Mm -hmm. people, most of the people in these masterminds, if you're not getting referred to them and you're interviewing them from a coaching perspective, it's a lot easier for them to just go out and flip their own houses or do their own deals and make money than it is to coach. Like coaching is very yeah. hard and you sacrifice growing your business to help other people grow their businesses. Cause you're taking away from your time to help other people grow. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a lot of people think $20,000, a lot of money. Okay, maybe it depends how you look at it. Or if you flip an extra house a year because you joined that mastermind, you already paid for that mastermind with that twenty grand that you made on that house. So it, you have to kind of put it all into perspective.
0: I and I'll I'll take that even another direction. Also, it's not like um, tit for tat, you know. Like, well, I flipped another house, and so I got the coaching because what you learn with the through coaching or through being in a mastermind that accelerates where you can go in the future also so it's like okay i flipped a house and that's covering it for this year and next year i might i might flip like five extra houses because now i know all these other people and i'm going to do more and yeah it, it's um i know that i always try to listen through through if i were listening to this and i'm like oh, yeah yeah that's it it'll grow your business in such powerful ways i know yes. i dropped I dropped a a nice chunk, um, last year and it completely changed my world. And so just once you have that experience where you say, okay, well that $20,000, that's what do you spend on your college education? What do you spend for universities? It's, it's just, it's completely worth it.
1: Yeah. I love it. And, and you sometimes need to learn from multiple coaches, sometimes just one coach Mm -hmm. and then reevaluate if they're still good for you at the end of a year. Like I usually am in one or two masterminds. And then like a couple months ago, I took a course because I, it was interesting. It was like a $3,000 course. I literally, it was like a five day course. I learned one thing in that course, one thing that totally stood out to me and is going to like exponentially grow my business. And I paid $3,000. I was like, and it's probably going to help me raise like millions in funds to buy larger buildings. I was like, this was amazing. Totally worth it. Like just from taking one course. So you just never, you just never know you, you will take away what you want to take away from it. You know, you'll always grow
0: always. Definitely, I used to like just discredit all of this and think, you know, like oh, almost like it's snake oil. Like I can figure it out on my own. It's like yeah. Then you get to a point in life where you're like, why do I need to make it so hard on myself? Yeah, (laughs) push easy girl. (laughs) Yes, yes, bingo. Yeah, yep, hit the easy button. Uh, April, it's been so amazing having you on Ask Me How I Know. I'm wondering what is the best way for everybody to connect up with you.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have a YouTube channel. It's April Crosley and they, people can follow me on Instagram. Same thing, April Crosley, or if they have questions or need anything, they can certainly email me. Um, my, the best email to get me out is April at lazy dot com. Cause you're so lazy. I (laughs) (laughs) I tell people laziness is my genius. I've learned to like outsource everything I'm terrible at. And that has like, really helped me grow so it is
0: so so important well april thanks again and to all my fantastic listeners out there thanks for joining us and go find your freedom thanks so much for joining me for another episode of ask me how i know this episode was brought to you by three keys investments they are dedicated to helping people like you yeah you my awesome listeners develop passive income and legacy wealth through multifamily investing Feel free to check out their website, threekeysinvestments.com, to see if there's an offering that will help your portfolio grow and meet all of your needs. If you haven't already rated, reviewed, subscribed, liked, all of those bells and whistles, I would be absolutely honored if you would do that for Ask Me How I Know. Thanks again, and go make it a great day.